Good morning, everyone. Really good to see all of you here. I see there's a few holiday refugees returning. Welcome. Welcome. Very good. And um, who else has just returned from holiday? Come on. All right. Who's going on holiday still? Good. Test start. And um, we've got a few visitors amongst us as, as well. So let's just turn around and say hi to people around us. Some of you haven't done that yet. Just a minute or so. All good? Sorry. All right. Um, if you were looking for a bulletin this morning, I'm sorry, we're still on a holiday edition till next week. So you would have seen the one we were handing out, and that's why we hardly printed any. Um, but sermon notes are available for those of you who are taking notes. Um, so, if, so if you haven't got um, your sermon notes yet, just grab one at the back there. There's um, only one notice to make, and that is that um, next week we, are st- um, we I say, um, Sandra is starting a combined Sunday school class uh, for the next two weeks. So if you've got your kids here, um, next week is when they go for that class for two weeks. And then Sunday school proper starts when most people return by the end of January. Um, if you've got kids here, there are some activities available at the door. Or see Sandra um, over here and she will give you something to keep them busy. And I'll try and speak over the kids. They'll be good. That keeps me short. So welcome to the service this morning. We're here to worship the Lord together. We're here to glorify His name. We're here to use this time together to encourage each other, to catch up, see how things are going, to, to uh, put our arms around each other, to encourage each other in our walks. And so that's why we're gathered here together. It's not just what we do. We don't just come to church on Sundays because that's what Christians do. We're here to use this day and mostly to remember that Jesus Christ is right here amongst us. That's the amazing thing, and we'll speak more about that later in the service. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll commit our time to the Lord. Let's pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, thank you that we can gather together in your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are right here in our midst, and you've put your comforter, your spirit, right inside of us. And so you here with us. What an amazing thing. Lord, thank you that we can gather in your name and not just get together, but come and sing your praises. Come and pour out of our hearts everything that you are doing in us. Lord, thank you that we can come with grateful hearts before you. And so, Lord, when we sing your praises, help us to sing from grateful hearts. May it overflow from our lips and give you praise. Lord, we pray for those who can't be amongst us this morning, those who are still on holiday, those who are sick, those who are going through troubled times. Lord, we pray a special sense of your blessing on them. May they know the presence of Almighty God with them. And Lord, would you keep them safe until we can be reunited here. Thank you, Lord. 
And Lord, as we come around your word later too, we pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts and open our ears and give us feet that are willing to walk where you tell us to go. Make us obedient servants of Almighty God, we pray. Thank you for this precious time now together. Use this time, Lord, to build us up, but to give yourself the glory. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. this morning and um, now anybody here born in January oh, that's good now the good there's, there's a double-edged sword because there's no bulletin in January so it doesn't get a list of the birthdays which can be quite good but um, Claire had a birthday hers is a January birthday and Mr. Derek Leach similar age no quite a lot <laughs> more mature and we've got another birthday down here so happy birthday to all those people who are born in January and then Sorry? No, that's all right. We'll just ignore that. And also, of course, uh, Tanisha Cox. Her birthday is January. That's a family that used to be here, now live in Nelson. Um, same birthday as what Claire is. So, as I say, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, but us January people have to stick together. The bonus is I never went to school on my birthday. It was great. Hey, let's uh, just start with a reading from God's Word. It comes from the book of Colossians. Chapter 2, from reading from verse 9. For the full content of divine nature lives in Christ, in his humanity, and you have been given full life in union with him. He is supreme over every spiritual ruler and authority. In union with Christ you were circumcised, not with the circumcision that is made by men, but with the circumcision made by Christ, which consists of being freed from the power of of the simple self. For when you were baptized, you were buried with Christ, and in baptism you were also raised with Christ through your faith in the active power of God who raised him from death. You were at one time spiritually dead because of your sins, and because you were Gentiles without the law. <coughs> Excuse me. But God has now brought you to life with Christ. God forgave us all our sins. He cancelled the unfavorable record of our debts with its binding rules, and he did away with it completely by nailing it to the cross. And on that cross, Christ freed himself from the power of the spiritual rulers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them by leading them as captives in his victory procession. So let no one make rules about what you eat or drink or about holy days or the new moon festival or the Sabbath. All such things are only a shadow of things in the future. The reality is Christ. Do not allow yourselves to be condemned by anyone who claims to be superior because of special visions and who insists on false humility and the worship of angels. For no reason at all, such a person is all puffed up by his human way of thinking and has stopped holding on to Christ, who is the head of the body. Under Christ's control, the whole body is nourished and held together by its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God allows it to grow. Now back in the 1970s, reasonable length of time ago, when I was a young Christian, um, it was quite popular to have youth services at that time. Now prior to that, they were relatively unheard of because the, the ministers of the day, they were the only ones who led the services, they were the only ones who spoke generally, and they did everything, and they weren't too keen on relinquishing control. Now, these youth services were pretty interesting, to say the least, and uh, no doubt many of you will remember the cringe-worthy times that they were. However, 
We were pretty straight up and down in those days and Jesus was very important to us as our newfound faith developed. Now one event that took place regularly was to write our sins down and then come forward and nail them to a cross that was set up at the front of the church just for that purpose. Lots of us went forward and there were lots of banging noises as those sins were confessed and hung on the cross. Now that act wasn't necessary for forgiveness, but it was a physical reminder that Jesus had already taken those sins on himself as he hung on the cross and died. And so as we gather this morning around the Lord's table, a little later in the service, it's good to dwell upon the words of Paul to the church in Colossae where the people were being led astray by false teachers who insisted more than Christ was required for salvation. Paul put them straight, and it's Christ who paid, fully paid the price so that if we confess our sins and we seek his cleansing, he will forgive and our guilt is gone. Our sins have truly been nailed to the cross and been taken away, and Christ has forgiven them all. Let's just bow our heads in prayer, shall we? Father God, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the death of Christ on that cross, there for us. Father, and as we've just celebrated Christmas and the birth of your Son, to come into the world to ultimately take away the sins, let us look beyond the baby in the manger. Let us look to the redemption that came to us all through his death on the cross a few years later. Father, as we gather around your table this morning, we give you thanks for the symbolism that it holds, for the meaning that it holds to those who truly love you and wish to serve you. Father, cleanse our hearts. Help us to just take a moment or two to confess our sins and to prepare ourselves for the table. So let's just take a moment or two to do that now. Amen, amen. Now, you might remember the other week when I, I was leading as well, I said that uh, one guy that I'd like to meet when I get to glory is, was Horatio Spafford, who wrote um, It Is Well With My Soul. Well, another one that I'd like to meet is actually Fanny Crosby. And um, she wrote about 8,000 hymns and spiritual songs. And the amazing thing about her was that she was blinded from a very young age. Uh, she had a problem with her eyes and some crazy doctor at the time put a poultice on them and just killed her eyes. So from about, I don't even think she was two years of age, uh, she was blind and yet she wrote all of these songs. She also wrote about 1,500 secular songs as well. And um, she was renowned for being always positive. She never looked at how things have been dealt to her as being a burden to her. She just grabbed life and went for it. And uh, there's a lot of lessons there that we can take. So she was 95 when she passed away, born 1820, died in 1915, uh, over 100 years ago, but her songs and her hymns are still being sung all over the world. So please stand and let's join in singing, praise him, praise him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer.
higher, whether we be low down, whether we run of the mill. Christ died for each of us. And it was always good. I don't know if any of you saw it. There was a book put out by the Bible Society in the UK when the Queen turned 90. And it talked about her faith. And the Queen has quite an amazing faith when you sit down and read about it. But she's very humble about it. She always brings it up in her Christmas message. But she's respectful to the other cultures who have said, look, we're in Britain. Britain is known as a, uh, formerly a Christian country. We're happy with that. We'll go along with it. But it doesn't matter where you are in the social strata, Christ died for you. Father God, we come to worship you 
and your son Jesus. Father, as we gather around the table of remembrance today, we thank you for the greatest gift that you could ever give us. Lord, we would pray that as we come in this new year time, that the gifts we bring will be more than monetary, but they'll be of our time and of the gifts that you have so freely bestowed upon us. Help us to exercise them, to use them for the furtherance of your kingdom. We pray for these gifts this morning, a blessing upon them, that they be used to further your name and to glorify Jesus Christ as our Redeemer and Saviour. And it's in his name we pray this morning. Amen. Please take a seat and thank stewards if you could take up the offering. follow that but just prior to Kathleen coming to bring that message to us let's stand and sing uh, another song Lord the light of your love is shining shine Jesus shine
please don't panic because I've put the communion service at the end. We can do things differently. Now, I've deliberately done that uh, so that when we come to the communion service, in light of what God has taught us in His Word, we can then come and remember what Christ has done for us because it makes much more sense in that context. And so we'll get to that time together. I just want to pray and then we're going to open God's Word in Psalm 8. Let's pray. Lord our God, as we consider your majesty and who we are in comparison to who you are, Lord, give us true humility. And Lord, help us to hold on to who you are as you hold us. Lord, open our minds now to your word. May your spirit speak where we need to hear your word. And may we put ourselves under your word in its authority. Speak to us, every single one. And allow us to see who you are to us. We ask this in your precious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you got Bibles here? Just hold them up. Cell phones will be included, as long as you use it for that. All right, good on you, you Baptists. It's Psalm 8 this morning. And uh, during the holiday period, I've been working through a few of the Last week, we looked at who is God. We looked at why we should worship Him from Psalm 135. And we saw there that God in His majesty is good by nature. He is goodness itself. And therefore, He does only what is good to His people. And we take comfort from that. We saw that God is sovereign. He's the Almighty One. And so we take comfort in that because despite our circumstances and what may lie ahead for us, God is in control. We saw that God is everlasting and that gives us hope for the future because our hope is in Him, whatever may come. And then warning for us. Become like who or what we worship. If you are not worshipping the Lord God Himself, then you will become like whatever you are worshipping. That's money or success or excitement in life or a marriage partner or whoever. Worship the Lord God Himself and you will become like Him. And so today we're going to look at not who is God, we are, but the main thrust here is who is man? Who is man and what is our purpose on this earth? And that's why we're going to read together now Psalm 8. And so read with me in your Bibles. I'm reading from ESV this morning. Psalm of David. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set the, your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have established strength because of your foes. To still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, 
and the Son of Man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So this morning in our vernacular, we're looking at two aspects. What are you worth as a human being? And what's the point of our existence? You see, our society and modern pop psychology says that if you want to know who you are, then look inside yourself. Find the inner you and come out. You are who you say you are. Hence our current debate around gender and identity. I am who I say I am. In other words, you are at the center of your universe. But what does Scripture teach us just through this psalm, Psalm 8? It says the opposite. Scripture says if you want to know who you really are, then look outside of yourself to your place in God's bigger picture. You see, God's got another story going outside of your life. He's got a meta-narrative going. And He describes you and your purpose in that big story. But the problem is, if you just stick to your micro-narrative, then you'll soon be down that rabbit hole of self-delusion, of self-worship, and of godlessness. And that's where the crunch is. Where do you find your identity outside yourself in what God has said you are, your creator God? Or do you find your identity in who you say you are? You see, we are not the center of the universe. God is, says scripture. And so, let's start with his majesty, verses 1 and 2. Listen to what it says. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth? You have set your glory above the heavens. Now, we can only see the English in our Bibles, and you see the Lord is written with capital letters, right? There are actually two different words used there. O Lord, Jehovah, what is Jehovah? Lord of the armies, of the heavenly hosts, the Almighty One. O Lord, our Lord's Adonai. Lord, Lord, and Lord in multiple. In our, the rest of the context of Scripture, our three in one God. O Jehovah, our three in one God, if I can put it right there. It speaks about His plural majesty. You see, God is not like us. Just in that line. He's not like us. We are mere human beings. He's so far above us in majesty and power, says Scripture in this verse. He is not like His creation. He isn't a part of His creation. But what does the text say? You have set your glory above the heavens. 
He is far above His creation. It carries on, verse 2, and this verse kind of seems a bit out of context in this psalm, but it isn't. Out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. What's this all about? You see, there's a theme that comes out here. And the theme is, he is so great that his purposes are fulfilled in weak things. He doesn't need strong things. He is so great that his purposes are fulfilled in weak things. From the mouth of babes and infants, your praises come. Now, that's a prophetic verse too. And it refers to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 21, verse 14 to 16. And I want you to turn here with me so you can see it with me. How do we know it refers there? Is it because, oh, I've been doing a lot of study in the week? No, it's because Jesus refers to Psalm 8 in this passage. And so he interprets it. And so we must look at it. So Matthew chapter 21, verse 14 to 16. Now see the context of what he's speaking about in Psalm 8. Matthew 21, verse 14 to 16. Here we had the scene where Jesus entered the temple and he'd driven out all the money changers in the temple, all those who were making profit in the temple. He had overturned their tables. And he says to them, verse 13, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Now look, verse 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, what did they do? They broke out in praise and glory to the Lord. No. When they heard the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the Son of David, the church leadership, temple leadership, were indignant. And they said to him, Do you hear what they are saying? And Jesus said to them, quoting Psalm 8, verse 2, You, yes, have you never read, out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. They didn't recognize who Jesus was, but the little children did. And they extolled the name of Jesus Christ. They praised God, singing, Hosanna, Son of David. Hosanna to God in the highest. The children recognized. Out of the weakness, God does his purposes. That's what the psalm is saying. And we're going to come back to that theme again. Let's move on. We've looked at God and his majesty, and much more can be said here, but I have to move on. Let's look at man's insignificance now without God. Because that's what this next bit of the psalm is about. Verses 3 and 4. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? You see, David had often lain out in the pastures as he was looking after his sheep as a young lad. And as he lay there, at night, when especially those crisp, crisp nights, you see the stars come out. It's all bright. And when he had compared the stars, and he didn't even have a telescope and all the benefits of modern technology, he just looked at what he saw. 
He saw the moon and the stars in all their glory. And what did he do? He said, those things are so big. Who am I as a human being? When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, what is man? You see, when compared to the vastness of space, the relative sizes of the planets and the stars, where distance is measured not in kilometers and meters, but in multiples of light years, then maybe Carl Sagan, Richard Dawkins, and other hardline atheists are right. In and of ourselves, humans are not significant. We are specks of dust on a speck in space called Earth. Now, I need to help you with that because obviously that didn't hit home. Imagine that this is our universe. I've cubed a section of it because it's endless. And inside that universe... I need to go to someone who can see. Colin. Yeah. Inside that universe, I want you to point out to me, Colin, at the tip of this arrow, can you see our solar system? Have a look, nice look. I've moved just there. Okay, I'll go to someone younger. <laughs> Here. Can you see our solar system? No. No. You sure? And yet, compared to the universe, our solar system is right over there. And our world is inside that massive solar system. And on that world is a little speck called you and me. That's who we really are. And then we wave our fists and say, who is God? I chilled to think about it. When we compare ourselves to the universe around us, man without God is insignificant. We are a speck on a speck in space. You see, we need to really resize our heads as a human race. Because we think we're so clever and great. Now here's a greater miracle. Even though you and I are mere specks on a speck, almighty creator God who is so far above everything he's created, think of that size now, bigger than the universe, he is mindful of us and cares for us, says the psalm. Wow. You want to know how great God is? He sees that little speck on a speck. And He cares for us. Here's an even greater miracle. He knows who and what I am. He's known before time existed. He doesn't just know that. Here's the greatest. He knows what's in our hearts. He can read our hearts. He can read the heart of a speck. What a great God we serve. And then he cares and loves me, that speck. You see, without God's attention on us, without his care for us, 
What are we? There's our true perspective as a human race. Without God, evolution nearly makes sense. Dust floating around in space. And may the strongest dust win. But that's not where the story ends, is it? Because that little human speck, mankind, we have significance. And it's all because of God. He gives us the significance. Without God, there is no significance. So what is the significance we've got? Verses 5 to 8, here it is. Yet, you have made him, that's that little speck, you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. The heavenly beings in our Bibles, if you go to the original text, it's God and the angels. You've made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, sheep, oxen, beasts of the field, birds of the heavens, fish of the sea, whatever moves along the paths of the sea. We have dominion. So, where is man's place? God has made us a little lower than the heavenly beings. And so, he has made us to look up to him. In God's created order, he's placed mankind below the heavenly beings, but above the animals and creation. We're in that middle place. And only mankind was given a soul. Go and read Genesis chapter 1. Nothing else was given a soul. We're not told that angels received the soul or animals at all. Only mankind was made in the image of God and given a soul. We've got a special place. But the problem is that mankind has rejected that order. You see, if as a human I'm only a, a more developed animal and I'm the top dog animal, with no spiritual component or soul, then we can justify rejecting God. We can justify placing no value on human life and we can justify behaving in ways which animals not, do not even behave because I'm my own God and there is no other. Are you keeping with me? However, that's leaving out the second part of this description of man. Because the psalmist carries on. He says, you have crowned him, that's mankind, with glory and honor. What is that? Given us human dignity. What? Come on. Calvin, be real. When you look around you in society, where do you see human dignity? You see it here and there. But in the majority of cases, all over the world, mankind is going in a severe downward trend, aren't we? Morally, struggling with diseases now. Physically. You see, the reason for this is that glory and honor, when given by God, was diminished when Adam and Eve sinned. The results of sin was that our dignity, our human dignity, was diminished. And so the result of that is that man has lost respect for humankind. No? And today animals nearly have more rights and protection than humans do. Our society. 
If man has no glory and honor in God's creation, then it's understandable that I can get prosecuted for aborting a calf on a farm, but not for aborting a human in society. Because I'm at the same level and slightly under the animals. But the Bible teaches us the opposite. It says, man is not at the same level as the bean plant, the snail and the whale. We have a special place in God's creation. Elsewhere, the psalmist says, Psalm 139, verse 14, Lord, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. We are very different. I'm not just a cluster of cells which can be aborted when I don't suit my parents. God has placed glory and honor over our lives. We're different, even though we've been warped by sin. And this is a further prophetic reference. You might not have seen it there yet. You see, when it says, I've put you under the angels and above creation, it speaks about one who would come. And he would make himself from God of the universe into a mere speck on a speck for us. He would make himself one of us. It's what we speak about at Christmas, the incarnation. Christ became one of us. Why did he do that? So that he could once again restore what God had started in creation. Man had sinned. Christ came to take away that sin and to restore our dignity. To restore us before God. He came. You see, when man was ruined by sin and death, he sinned, he was thrown out of the garden, and his dominion over creation was tainted. And so our purpose has also been tainted, not just our place, our purpose. Our dominion is not what it should be. We still have the responsibility, but to put it plainly in normal language, we've stuffed up as mankind. We've misused and destroyed God's creation. We mismanage his creation. Pollution. Just think of the problems they're having in Auckland now. Major. Can't even swim in the rivers. I mean in the bays there. Because of human sludge. Destruction on a grand scale. Think of all the denuding of the rainforests happening. That's us, humankind. We're supposed to be looking after God's creation. But sin has had an influence on us. Think of the problems we're having now with extinction of animal species, our struggling with pests, northeast Africa, massive locust plagues going over there, still there now, and think of the massive battle all over our planet now with COVID, viruses. You see, we're fighting these things because we've lost our dominion over creation. We are now a victim of our own demise. However, it's not all bad news. Jesus, man's representative, dealt with sin and death. God used the weakness of a human who was God to do his will. There's our theme again. God fulfilled his purposes through Christ. And Christ rose and is now crowned in glory. And in him we regain our dominion over creation. And we serve God again as his servants. 
And this will only finally be fulfilled when Christ returns. How do I know that? Because Hebrews tells me. Are you with me? We're in Hebrews now. So Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 5 to 9. We'll look at that while you're looking it up. God will restore us to where we once would have been. We will once again have dominion over creation, Revelation 22.5. We will even judge the angels. God is going to fix that, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 3. But Hebrews 2 verse 5 to 9, and I want you to read this with me, and you'll see what he means. Hebrews 2 verse 5 to 9, look at it. Now it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, that's Psalm 8, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now, look at this. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, that is mankind, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. That's a capital letter if you've got a Bible that's written properly. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus. The writer to the Hebrews has linked Psalm 8 with what God is going to do in the future. Jesus, crowning, crowned with, with glory and honor because of the sufferings of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death. For everyone. And so it's a pointing forward to Jesus Christ and what he will do for us. So what do we do with that in 2021? Here's my so what's. Where is our hope in 2021? As little specks on a speck. It's in Jesus Christ. We don't see our dominion yet. We don't see things restored yet. We do see Jesus Christ. We look to Jesus Christ. And so our hope for 2021 is to be found in Jesus Christ. Lord, make make yourself my vision. Nothing else. Lord, be my vision. Who are we in 2021? Where is our identity this year? We are significant specks. Why? Because God has been mindful of us and cared for us by sending His only Son, God Himself, to become one of us, to die for us, so that we could live in communion with Him again. Our only significance is to be found in God. You want to know who you are? Look to God. And what's our purpose for 2021? Here it is. God will use the weak things to fulfill His purposes. There's our theme. Who are the weak things? You and I. Don't you struggle with your Christian life sometimes? He uses the weak things, these sin-influenced, struggling Christ followers to serve Him and to build His kingdom. Last reference for today, because otherwise you won't believe me. Scripture says that. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 31. This is what it says. Consider your calling, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. 
But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. There's Psalm 8. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Psalm 8. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. My friend, the speck, would you stand before Almighty God and boast in who you are without Him? He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. It's all in Christ. We are nothing. And so how can a speck come and worship and praise this God? There it is in verse 9 as I close. Through Jehovah our Adonai. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh God, our Jehovah, our plural majesty God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Less of me, more of you. The writer to the Hebrews says it this way. How do we do this in a day-to-day -day way? He says this, Hebrews 3.1, Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, Psalm 8, fix your thoughts on Jesus. One line of application. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. And the speck gets used by Almighty God for His purposes. Why? Because without God, nothing. What's our city motto? If only we'd remember it. Wanganui. With sans durin. Sorry, bad French. Please say it for me. Okay. French. Without God, nothing. Here's Psalm 8 and a summary of it. My friend, be something because God makes you that something. Not in and of yourself. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you. Give us passages like this in Scripture to put us back in our boxes. Because before we know it, we're singing our own praises. If not in word, then in deed. Thank you, Lord, that you show us that you are God. And that we are loved ones before you. You love us. Insignificant little creations, but your creations. You love us. You have a mind for us. You care for us. Lord, may we keep this humble attitude as we serve you, almighty God, in this world where you've put us. And Lord, where you give us the means and where you give us the ability to do so, may we also have dominion on this earth. May we look after this earth that you've created and be responsible citizens here too. Not because the world says we must. Not because the green movement says we must. But because you say, look after what I've made. And I will give you the dignity which will be restored when I return. 
Thank you, Lord, for that hope. Help us now in our everyday struggles. But Lord, we know that you use the weak things to do your purposes. Use us for your glory to build your kingdom through the strength and the ability you give. Amen. We're going to sing a beautiful old hymn. You should all know it. We're kind of stuck in the 80s a bit today with our... But it's beautiful truths, aren't they, Colin? Thank you. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works your hands hath made, and then what does it do to me? It causes me to just rise up and to praise Him. So let's sing together and stand and give this supreme God worship.
I want the guys at the back, if you guys can just put up my um, summary slide, please, uh, in the sermon. That'd be good. Last one. Just carry on right through with all the points. Thank you. Just there. Leave it there. Thanks. Here's the truth of what we heard from God's word this morning. And here we are in front of this table. We've got emblems on this table. We've got bread, which signifies the body of Jesus Christ broken for you and me. Because we could never die for our own sins. We've got a cup with grape juice in it representing his blood. Shed for you and me. Why? Because without Jesus dying for us, shedding his blood, making a new covenant between us and God, we would be lost forever. His blood was shed for us to cleanse us of our sins and to give us hope. Jesus Christ came, the man God used in weakness to do his will. First Corinthians 6 verse 11 says this. But you were washed. Think of each one of these words in light of what we've done. But you were washed. Your sin has been taken away. You were sanctified. You were cleaned for God's use. His use alone. You were justified. You were made right before God. You have access to God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. There's the Trinity at work in our salvation. Amazing. And what can we do as little specks on a speck? The only thing we can do is come and give praise to Jehovah God and ask Lord Jesus remind me of this when I struggle through every week and I forget about you and I forget about the greatness of this picture that I'm part of remind me of Christ remind me of your blood shed for me your body broken for me every time I sin may I come to you Lord may I put it before you and you take that sin from me because you've already paid for it. I don't have to hold on to it. I don't have to hold to the past. You've taken those things from me if I've brought them to your feet and left them there. Remember Christ. Jesus said, I've come to make a new covenant between you and my Father. We stand under that covenant. Specs under an agreement by Almighty Creator God. Thank you, Lord. As you take the bread, remember what Christ has done for you. I'm leaving that stuff up there. Remember what Christ has done for you and give thanks. Take this in your own time. 
If you're a believer, participate with us as we celebrate this Lord's Supper. If you're not a believer, just let these elements go by and listen to what we're saying so that you can understand what we are doing here. Thanks, lads. The Lamb of God was crucified. The price has been paid. God has paid God for us. You're a significant speck. When you receive this cup, just as is our habit here at this church, just keep it and we drink together and show our unity in Jesus Christ till he comes again.
we remember Christ and his blood shed for us until he returns. And what has he said? Behold, I am coming soon. Revelation 22. Let's drink together and thank our God for what he's done for us. I'm going to ask that we sing the last verse of O Lord My God. I'm shunting you guys around the back there. It's great. Last verse. When Christ shall come, let's stand. Let's give God the praise. Join us for a cup of tea and to catch up on what's happening.